0: All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, November 9th. F it, it's a raw feed. We are doing it live. I'm Clayton.
1: Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, I got a big smile on my face because we got a big movie opening this weekend. It's a superhero movie, so you know what that means Here joining us, third mic for this episode, everyone knew there was no other guest we could have had on this episode other than the one and only David Thompson of The Direct, The Direct Podcast, and once again, he is hosting his other podcast, Cinema Spending is back. It's back. If you remember when David first joined us, he joined us as the host of Cinema Spending and he's brought it back. David, welcome back to the Bo Boys. It's a pleasure to be back. I am so happy to be here. It's going
2: to be wonderful when I get to hop on with you guys and there is a superhero film ready to actually be a smash hit in theaters. Uh, The last couple of times, it really hasn't gone that way. So I'm uh, hoping one day, uh, you know, Spider-Man or Superman or Batman will open in theaters and it'll actually be gearing up to be a big hit because this time... It's not, it's not looking great.
1: It's not. Well, okay. Well, listen, you, and Clayton and I, we're lovers of box office. We're never haters. We don't want to be looked at as haters. We don't drink the hater aid. You know, we, 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 we mainly stick to water at our age. We, mm-hmm. we, not. you know, nothing off a supermarket shelf. We, we can't, our stomachs can't take it. So we definitely don't drink the hater aid. but we, you know, you're here as the comic book guy, as the as the the chief comic book correspondent. So the Marvels is coming out this weekend, and we're going to get into all the things that are are possibly wrong with it, the, the negative outlook on the box office. But uh, let's open up with make your case. Have you seen this film yet? You're you're a, you're also a reviewer. Have you had a chance to see the film? Yeah, I saw it last night. Okay, so, I mean, is there a case that you could make that is pro-Marvels, pro why people should actually be excited for this movie, why they should maybe be optimistic about the box office? Let's start with the positive, PR, because there's a lot of negative on this movie. Give us the, the sort of rosy, tinted glasses, the starry-eyed view of this opening weekend of the Marvels.
2: Yeah, the Marvels is a... Definite, definite improvement on Captain Marvel, in my opinion. I think the Marvels is significantly better. Bringing in Iman Vellani, bringing in Tayona Paris, and focusing on this little team that they create within the story actually enhances, I would say, all of those characters, including Brie Larson's Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. So I think making it a team film improve the plot. It's relatively short. It's actually the shortest MCU movie of all time. Uh, an hour 45. It feels it. The pace is quick. And with that being said, I have to dive too deep. But the movie focuses and plays to its strengths, while I would say ignoring some elements of like the plot just to kind of keep going. But as a viewer, as an audience member, the comedy is there. The action at times is wonderful. There's some spotty CGI parts, but sometimes the action is actually very cool. So I think this will be an audience hit. Now, critics-wise, I think people are being pretty harsh on it. I saw the Rotten Tomato score is pretty low. It's gonna end up being lower than Captain Marvel, which is insane to me. Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. is a significantly more boring movie than the Marvels. Like I was in a pretty I was in a pretty filled theater. Like it was it was a presser, but you know, there's a good amount of people in there. We're laughing, we're chuckling, we're having a good time. You know, it wasn't one of those things where Most people walking out of the theater I went to, and I'll end with this, and I had the same exact thought, that was better than I was expecting. That's what everyone was saying walking out. Now, expectations are low and should probably stay there because it's not necessarily going to be one of the best movies of the year, one of the best superhero movies of this generation. But it is better than most people were expecting.
1: All right. There you go. So we're starting off with the positive. It's short. And it's better than people are expecting. Um, And it's short. Also, it sounds like it's short. So that's great. So now Clayton, you know, again, we don't drink the haterade. We're not haters. Did anything that David, who saw this film, he saw it. He saw it with a crowd already. Anything that he say change your outlook on what you expect this weekend from this movie?
0: Well, I mean, we've seen the Marvel fatigue in action at the box office. I mean, we've seen Guardians 3 open lower than expected and then rebound because people realized, oh, wait, this is actually a good movie. I actually like these characters. I forgot how much I like this sort of thing when it's done correctly. I don't expect that to be the same case, obviously, with Marvel's because those characters are not as popular as the guardians and they never will be. But is it possible in your estimation, David, that these, this movie could be sort of more of an elemental situation, which I will still say elemental was not a hit, but Mm -hmm. open really low, like scary low. But then the drops aren't too bad. People actually start going to see it. And it doesn't become an absolute disaster.
2: I do see that as a possibility. Um, okay, We'll see. In November, it gets pretty... You know, all of a sudden, we have Hunger Games coming out. I think yep. Marvel should have pushed this up to November 3rd once Dune 2 left that slot. Yep. That's me, though. I mean, what do I know? But I think that would have made a lot of sense. They already missed because of the actor's strike. It just ended. Hooray. But for this movie it came and went, right? There was no promotion. And and I think that would have been a significant positive for this film, getting these actresses all in front of cameras, seeing their chemistry off camera, out of character. That would have, I think, really helped interest in just to see their personalities shine. We got really none of that. The marketing was shitty, to be quite frank. Like, it really Mm -hmm. had pretty poor marketing. And even having now seen the film, it didn't do some elements of it justice. They they went too generic with it. And it's fascinating you brought up Guardians of the Galaxy because people were getting burnt by Marvel. Doctor Strange 2, Quantumania, right? Ant-Man 3. These movies were opening pretty hot. Doctor Strange was a massive, massive opening, but they weren't liking the films. So Guardians, you see Marvel, people are thinking, mm, I'm not sure this time. And then you realize, it's a James Gunn project. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. It gets rave reviews. Telemental, I just don't see how it's going to have those kinds of legs because it is a different time of year. But I could, I could see, I mean, it's not going to have the biggest opening in the world. I could see the drop in week two, week three, not being super harsh because I do think the anecdotal word of mouth between fans
1: and just general audience mem- members will be overall positive. Okay. I mean, it's so interesting how uh, uh, the, the, the expectations for this movie have gotten so low that we're almost feeling optimistic because the reviews have come out and it hasn't been a disaster. Because I think up until a few days ago, that was also in the air. The fact that Marvel embargoed uh, everything so late. And, you know, usually Marvel will get reviews out there a few weeks ahead of time, definitely earlier than this. I think there was the thought that this movie was going to be screened and the word of mouth would be it's an outright disaster. Now, the Rotten Tomatoes score is at 59%. That means less and less these days, I think, with the amount of critics that are out there and, you know, whatever. It's interesting to see, though, that this isn't that bad. Pat, that's but bad. That's 50s is bad. bad.
0: Are you kidding me? Fifty nine is terrible. Well, I do when think Marvel shows, movies
1: used to be in the seventies and the eighties, that's well, terrible, Pat. I want to throw this to you, David. Is that a shift? Because, like you said, the Marvels. Oh, I'm sorry, Captain Marvel 2019 came out and got what, like 79 percent Rotten Tomato, and yeah, you said it yourself. This is a much better movie than that. And in retrospect, that was a kind of bad movie that. I think rode a wave of just all out Marvel g- good feelings that even came from critics at the time. So yeah, the it, it's just another sign, I think, of the tide turning in so many corners. Audiences, critics, everyone has just kind of gotten sick of this genre. So a movie that was worse in 2019 may have gotten just the benefit of the doubt because everyone got wrapped up in loving the super the superhero stuff you know, four years ago. Yeah, the way
2: I've been looking at it is Captain Marvel, which ended up grossing a billion dollars globally, which is an unbelievable number. It was released at the perfect situational time and place. Right before Endgame, it was the first MCU solo female lead. Brie Larson's here. She's going to play a role. She's going to be one of the most powerful characters in the entire universe and everyone wanted to see the next marvel chapter no matter mm-hmm. what it was i think like you said the critics score being higher was a lot of benefit of the doubt now we're seeing the total opposite right yep. we're, i think we're seeing reviews that are being overtly harsh to put down the genre because they're they're over the genre right, right. like i think quantum mania looking back did a lot of harm because that was a film that was put on a pedestal it was the end of a trilogy while also setting up the future Avengers film. And it just simply did not work. And it was a bit of a train wreck. And to be fair, people just don't really care for, I would say Brie Larson as Captain Marvel as well. Like that's its own thing. There's a whole group of people that just aren't really fans uh, of her and the character. And she's still the leading role, but that may have been part of the reason why they brought it on as a team aspect. They changed the title and all these things. So, It is really interesting because now, November 2023, the outlook is just totally different. Mm -hmm. And people are thinking totally different. And Marvel Studios is now having to build back up and reset and retool and figure out a way forward. And unfortunately, it looks like the Marvels is going to just be one of the losers in all of this, where maybe they will have you know, bigger and better projects down the line that'll be super successful and people will love it. But this one's not going to be it. But I do think there is going to be a small element of hardcore fans, even just MCU fans that really want to see the whole franchise succeed that are going to be singing its praises probably even harder than they should be mm-hmm. just because it's not that bad. It's right, not right. It's not the end of the world. It's not this
1: catastrophic that- failure. That's a hard tagline though for a studio to to put on in a commercial you know yeah, the Marvels yeah, exactly. it's not that bad so uh, is this a factor you know I think we've seen with the last year or so of DC films with you know Black Adam and especially Shazam and the Flash and possibly with Aquaman 2 coming up that fans there sort of look at those DC movies as as just, as, as just dead ducks, you know, until the reboot happens. They're sort of looking at it as those movies don't count. Those movies aren't worth watching because there's going to be a reboot. Is there almost that feeling? And again, you're dialed in. You, you're the host of the direct podcast. You're the chief comic book correspondent here. Is there that feeling in any way, even with the the Marvel fans, where they're almost waiting on the X-Men? Or the Fantastic Four. And as Clayton and I have talked about, those are not slam-doings. Those are not sure things as the cure. But there's almost that feeling now of the stuff that's still on the slate is like almost what we have to get through to get to the re- reboot. I mean, is that is that a harebrained theory? Or is there any kind of feeling with Marvel fans that like the stuff that's already made is almost not the stuff that we're waiting for anymore.
2: There's an element to that, I would say. I think what's happened with Marvel is that they built too much. They, they released mm-hmm. too many series and too many movies post-pandemic at this point, where I think many of their audience members during their first three phases from 2008 to 2019, over those 11 years, they only had to go see movies. If yeah. you missed a couple, it was fine. There's too much homework now. And I think that's the problem. And they're going to dial it back. They're already announcing for their new Echo series that they're calling it Marvel Spotlight. And they're trying to kind of rebrand a little bit and be like, hey, you don't have to watch anything else to understand this and enjoy this project. So I think what was their strength at Marvel Studios, the connectivity and the building blocks of it all. That's all been now crumbling down because they put too many blocks. They, di- they didn't build mm. you know that foundation for phase four and phase five since 2020, and now it's getting topsy turvy. And it's start and the marvels is kind of it crashing down because even a multiverse of madness coming off the heels of No Way Home, not the best movie in the world, not one of those groundbreaking MCU films it performed wonderfully and everyone wanted to go see it. And there was still that hype level. What's so strange about the Marvels is that up until this point, pretty much every MCU movie for the last 15 years has had that opening weekend intrigue, that opening weekend. I've got to see this right now. We've seen it lately where movies have opened pretty hot and then taken steep drops, but they've Mm -hmm. still always opened hot. And that's, what's going to be strange about the Marvels. DC has maybe a little bit to do with it just because it's, they're oversaturating the market with shitty DC movies that don't matter. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't help anyone. Right. Right. Like I do think, and we can move on. I do think there is a, there could be something even better on the horizon when DC gets its shit together with James Gunn, And I'm, you know, we're talking years from now, right? Like, we'll see think and things move and things shake and we'll see, but I think they're going to make less. They're going to be smarter. They're going to spend less money and not just kids before they could just throw whatever money at any project. And it was success, a success for them. And now they're learning that they cannot do that. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't think the must see aspect is here with the Marvel's and, and the Marvel movies right now, because like you were saying the first phases were moving towards something. So each little sprinkle of a stinger uh, would build to something, to an ultimate Mm endgame, truly a movie called Endgame. And now there's no reason to rush out to see the Marvels because whatever teaser or whatever stinger at the end, who knows? they've screwed the their audience by oh here's this guy here's um harry styles as star fox you'll never see him again in anything here's uh charlize theron as clea you're not going to see her again right or if you do who knows it could be 2026 2027 these things aren't building to anything concrete like a thanos standoff so that's why there's no need to rush out anymore and see these things because they they aren't leading to anything
1: so here uh, here's something I, i noticed and i think we've all seen that last minute trailer that disney put out for the marvels dropped i think yesterday and it just reeks of the most desperation I think any of us have ever seen since Marvel Studios started with Iron Man. There's never been the level of desperation we saw in this final Marvel's trailer opens up with 30 seconds of just footage of Iron Man, Black Widow, Thor, just, just reminding people of the Avengers that they like. Mm -hmm. And then it teases at the end of the trailer, And and obviously we don't know, no spoilies here, David, but it's, he's at the end of the trailer, a very desperate, they look into the sky and they say, oh my God, they're here. Or something like to that effect. They really try in this trailer to make it seem like, you know, Superman is about to fly down or, or who knows, uh, you know, the X-Men, Fantastic Four, they're going to be in this. So, you know, could you talk to the, do you think that's going to work in any way? Do you think either the the angle of hey remember the ones that you liked well she knew them, Captain Marvel hung out with Iron Man, or the angle of hey don't worry we just dropped a giant huge development at the end of this movie and maybe Wolverine is going to show up. Like do you think either of those tactics are going to work?
2: Yeah, I think that last trailer like it got me excited but it was more so because I'm just a lifelong fan, and I loved seeing them back and the Avengers. I mean, they literally play the Avengers theme at the end. Yep. You you don't hear the Avengers theme in the movie. Just quick spoiler alert. Okay, um, that, that's not a thing. It's not an Avengers movie. There are things set up, of course. There is a post credit scene. There are these you know moments where we're trying to build. And to Clayton's point, there the stingers and all these things that are being set up, it's just too spread out, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. where it, it it's not narrow at all. It's not one after the other. It used to be so much simpler. And I think they didn't never anticipated how things has got so overly complicated so quickly. Right. And now it's the disaster of the Jonathan major situation, by the way, where yep. it's like, he's supposed to be the next big bad. and, Dude might get recast, you know? I mean, his career could be kind of... He could just be canceled, you know, for lack of a better term. Right. So, no, I I really... I I do think that people will be excited. Fans are going to like the movie. Like, I liked the movie, and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the post-credit scene, and I enjoyed what they set up in it. It got me excited, and I think it actually does a pretty good job of doing it, where I would say that the Marvels ends in a way... and. Teases things in the future that seem more concrete, I think, than maybe some of the other stingers that we've gotten. Where I can I can kind of see the building blocks, like I can see the pieces developing together because eventually there will be that culminating moment. They will get to an Avengers film. It's just how they rapidly pull all the pieces together right before the movie comes out. Because that's what I'm missing right now. There really currently isn't a team, there isn't a clear plan. And to be fair i mean loki on disney plus it's the best thing going for marvel right now it's Mm a uh, season two is has been great the finale is this thursday and friday thursday and friday if you're a big fan is a super exciting day for to be an mcu fan
1: and on that show i i have i have not watched any of the uh, Marvel shows my wife had WandaVision on when that aired and I I saw some of it glimpses of it in the background when I would walk into the room that's that's the most I've seen of an MCU TV show the Loki show though is Jonathan Majors heavily featured in that is his Kang character still uh, because that would have been filmed a while ago so is that still something that's being pushed through that show yeah it is and it's a big concern and it's, it's uh gotta be concerning um so so with the you mentioned the avengers and how you know that that'll happen again i mean the the word on the street is you know as part of this desperation before the marvel's coming out the word on the street is marvel's trying to get Downey back they're trying to get scarlett johansson back iron man black widow they're trying to i guess just get the the characters that everyone loved to come back and do another Avengers movie. So, in your uh, uh, reporting, because you you are of course you work at the Direct and you're reporting on all this stuff, is that an actual possibility? And do you feel like even just the the word of that getting out is that good or bad for people's enthusiasm about Marvel right now? Because again, that feels like. On one hand, people get excited that that's a possibility. But on the other hand, it just makes everything coming out now feel that much smaller. No, it's cheap. You can't mm-hmm. do that because
2: you have to build with what you have currently. Mm-hmm. Because if you just bring everyone back that literally died within the MCU, yeah. it's just cheap. And I get the idea of it, right? RDJ is wonderful. He is Iron Man. You would draw people in. There is a big nostalgia thing happening with the MCU right now. No way home. Deadpool with Wolverine coming back. Right. But that's not the direction. That's not it. That's not the way to do it.
1: What if you brought Downey back as not as Iron Man, but, you know, he's going to get the Oscar nom nom nom, possibly the win for Oppenheimer. Could you bring him in as Louis Strauss from Oppenheimer instead of as Tony Stark and do it that way? like would fans accept as long as it's Downey, you know, maybe bring him <laughs> in as I, I'm sure Chaplin the, the the IP there is probably in the public domain. So could you bring Downey in as Chaplin in an Avengers film? At this point anything's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible in the multiverse. You can do whatever you want. That's I, the thing. I, it's a multiverse. You could you could bring him in as this character from Heart and Souls, you know, it, because it, a portal opened up.
0: And that's and that's the problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the same. It's so funny that the Marvel film division learned no lessons from the comic books and how crossovers destroyed comics and how it got so complicated. You couldn't just pick up Spider-Man and be like, oh, I know what's going on. And then. The fact that they are nobody ever dies. Right. And that's another problem with the comics. It's the same problem with the movies is that when you create the multiverse, when you create these ability for people to come back from the dead, it destroys any sort of dramatic tension that these movies have. Now, when Iron Man dies in Endgame, that is an amazing moment and a perfect capper to his story and that story if you bring him back it doesn't matter how you do it it doesn't matter if it's a different timeline whatever you know here's a old one here's an old iron man from a timeline where this didn't happen it still negates that 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 drama because it, it, then it means that nothing meant anything
2: yep and uh, that's the thing you you nailed it with comic books that has been the problem where you kill a character and they always come back. You know you know in the comics you can always write something in they'll come back eventually. There'll always be some way for them to come back. That can't be the movies. You can't you can't do that with the films. You have to reboot, reset, do something different. You can't keep killing characters and bring them back. I mean, DC made that mistake super early on with Batman versus Superman then to justice league i mean they did that so quick and everyone knew that was a massive mistake and we all know how that ended right yep.
1: the the multiverse storytelling mm-hmm. that marvel has been mm-hmm. doing now obviously that worked in a big way with spider-man no way home Yeah, three spider-man box office is gigantic you know first mega hit post-covid but and like you said, Doctor Strange did do really well. Maybe slightly less than the hoped for, but that was a giant movie. But do you think that the reliance on the multiverse has been a problem for Marvel beyond those movies? Because, I mean, my take is that for a, a regular Joe pail, Susie Crochet, or just your average audience out there, this stuff has gotten way too confusing, you know, and the Marvel's trailer, a big part, the, the big, the only plot that really, uh, is, is given in this movie is there's a tear in the fabric of the universe and, and things are switching around and that seems to have been the plot of the last four years worth of Marvel movies. So do do you think that that as the sort of, uh, uh, the main plot line has been a problem for these movies yeah i would say so i mean it goes
2: back to what we were just saying I, I feel like no way home used the multiverse in a very smart way they used it to bring back iconic characters that everyone wanted to see yep. that everyone was literally dying to see in the fall of 2021 and could not wait to go check out that movie 260 million dollars worth so And that movie was good. Like They used it in a smart way. They used it to build the character. They they still kept Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Spider-Man as the main guy and just made it – it boosted and built up his character and developed him in a big way where he's left off in a really, really cool story. Multiverse of Madness was the – I would say the first time we saw where, okay – this is kind of just for fun. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's not, this is not necessarily building the Steven Strange character with Benedict Cumberbatch. It is just the next iteration in Marvel. And we're doing some pretty cool things. I mean, it's pretty wacky and silly and comic book and sci fi. And some elements are cool, but in general, yeah. And the Marvels has some elements, I guess, to that in terms of like crazy ideas and still keeping with those same themes and building because it is at the end of the day the multiverse saga so it's not going anywhere it's going to be an emphasis in deadpool 3 but the execution has to be better
1: right yet yeah, there is something to the way they did it in dr strange and the multiverse of madness where it was all played as such a goof it was all played for lofts and you know you did the thing where you brought in all these alternate version you know, Professor X and all these other characters and you killed them off and it was a joke. And, you know, it was a fun Sam Raimi sequence. The problem was to then try and take that and keep treating it seriously after that movie. You know, like if that movie had been the last we see of a multiverse in the Marvel movies, I think it would have been fine because they would have done it in Spider-Man than they did in Doctor Strange as a joke. And then that's it. I think the problem has been you're supposed to treat Kang seriously and and there being 50 Kangs. Meanwhile, we've already seen it be treated as such a joke in Doctor Strange. So obviously that's in the weeds. But I do think that audiences have kind of picked up on it would be as if you did a parody of Thanos in Infinity War and then tried to have him as, as the main villain in Endgame. You know, you've already sort of killed the gimmick uh, three movies ago.
2: Yeah, it's tough with Quantumania. I don't really know what they're getting at. Like everyone in the Marvel space kind of jokes out Loki does a much better job of making Kang an intimidating villain, even though he was more prevalent and actually there in Mania. So it's weird there. They're really all over the place and building this thing out. And I don't know if they're gonna ultimately zag away from Kang entirely.
1: Right, right. It you know, getting back to this movie, getting back to the Marvels, this opening weekend. I mean, the projections are so low. The projections are in Flash territory. You know, could this open in the 50s? 50 million, you know, Flash opened at 55, Black Adam opened what, I think 65 or 66. So it's in that range in low DC range. Did Shazam get into the forties? Shazam too. I feel no. like that that opened in the thirties. So I mean, the Marvels should open above that. Obviously, Blue Beetle was like twenty, but the Marvels yeah. is somehow in that range in that lower DC tier range. Um, you know, they're obviously spending a lot on last minute marketing to to try and avoid that. Um, it's you know, to me, the thing that could maybe save this opening weekend to some degree last minute is just is, is there something to people just want a big movie to go to? You know, we've had the Taylor Swift movie and we've had Five Nights at Freddy's, but those were kind of surprises, those were in some ways outliers, you know, a concert film and this sort of day and date horror video game adaptation. I mean, is there maybe some degree, Clayton, to where audiences are just going to turn up on Thursday night and Friday night and say, you know what, that's a big movie I've seen a lot of ads for, and I, God damn it, I I haven't had a big movie in a while.
0: Uh, uh, you know, I... I always say, you know, we uh, we don't as in us, but Uh the general public and I think a lot of the bloggers out there underestimate the amount of kids that just want to get away from their parents. Yes. The amount of parents and guardians that want their kids the fuck out of the house. So, yes, of course, if there is a big movie coming out, maybe some of those millennial parents will be like, hey, I saw there's another Marvel movie coming out. That's exciting. You want to go? And they're like, not really. Well, you're going to go. Here's money for tickets and here's some money for Pepsi and whatever. And, uh, you know, don't waste it on fentanyl or whatever. Right. So I do think (laughs) that there is an element of that. But we know one of the driving forces of young people is to be cool and Mm. to be part of a happening. And Five Nights at Freddy's was a happening and the Marvels ain't a happening. I mean, I feel like there's a level of if you go see this movie and you're excited about it and you're a youngster, you could get bullied for that because these commercials, you know, listen, and I never was a Marvel fan, but there is something a little bit. You watch these trailers. There's something extremely stale about a lot of this, Hmm. and I do think it's old news and kids don't like old news unless it's very, very old news that they're discovering themselves, Mm -hmm. right? And so I do think, yes, is there going to be an element of, I just need something to do and a way to get away from my parents? Yes. But there's, there, this doesn't seem to be anything drawing people to this movie at the moment. I mean, the way it's tracking, I mean, we're hearing the possibility of this being a Morbius level opening. Jesus. I mean, in the high 30s. If this movie opens under. 55.4 million. It will be the lowest opener of any Marvel movie ever. MCU movie at least. Yeah, right. Under the Incredible Hulk in 2008. So wow. that's 55.4. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at Box Office Pro and they're saying 42. Jeez. I do not so, buy
2: that number, by the way. I, 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 that feels... That that's, that's a feels crazy st- number to me.
0: But yeah. here's the thing. If this movie... Me. This movie yeah. will probably open under Eternals.
1: Oh, definitely. Because Eternals did open so, yeah. to like yeah. 70. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it'll open under. Well, let's talk
0: about it. Does it open under the first Thor from 2011, which opened to 65? And we can also say Captain America, the first Avenger, because that opened to 65 as well. Yeah. Does it do less than that?
2: I believe so, but slightly. It'll be right there.
0: So, it'll be over Ant Man, which opened in 2015 at 57.2. You 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 think that that's going to be? It's going to open higher than 57.
2: Yes, and I mean that's a tight range. So yeah, image like I have it like right in between there, essentially.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's now it's that. I mean the disaster line for this. Is anything under 50. I think. Oh my God. If, yeah. If we're looking at $49 million, and I think that is why I think at this point Disney is spending money that they know they're not going to recoup because it's just the optics of Monday morning. You know, you've got the direct podcast, you've got cinema spending, you've got Scott Mendelson, Jeff Bach, you've got the B.O. Boys. Talking about a Marvel's movie that opened at $49 million, that is their biggest fear. That is why that trailer with Iron Man and and Black Widow and Thor, that dropped yesterday. Not because they think they could make a profit based on that trailer. They are just trying to keep the B.O. boys and and all of the big-name box office pundits from having to talk about a $49 million opening on Monday morning. I, I think it's, it's all about just like keeping the headlines at bay that Marvel is, because if the Marvel's opens at under 50, those are your headlines on Monday, that, that this whole genre is in a free fall. And, and obviously but, the, you know, the Disney studio does not want that to be the headline on Monday because they've got other Marvel movies in the can and they need Marvel to be something that they crank out three of them a year for the next 20 years. But
0: Pat, all the news has been how low this is tracking. That is the news on this movie. It is not that people are not talking about low, but low, low is in the 60s, right? Low is in the 60s for Marvel. I think the buzz is that this is going to go even lower. And I think there's a level of, oh, wow, I'm not going to go see this movie because it's already a bomb. I think there is that yeah. level of wanting to stay away from a stinker. We've seen it. We've seen enough of that in the BO that once something gets called out as a stinker and 59% on Rotten Tomatoes is a stinker. Okay. It's a stinker. People are going to stay away. So I think the, the idea that this is going to go lower than the tracking is making people stay home.
2: I, don't I think, think that, one. I, let me just throw one other thing. There's an element I think you mentioned, like the younger kids getting, you know, getting thrown to the wolves, at the movie theaters. I think there's an element too where so much is online and on TikTok. I mean, the full post-credit scene has already leaked on TikTok wow. and online. So, wow. I mean, I had I have there is I don't know his name. I don't need to call him out, but there is someone on TikTok, big followership, um, and people follow him typically for comments on comic movies or just movies in general and i think he saw the movie or maybe he didn't and all he did was just open his he just opened the the video by basically spoiling spoiling the post credit scene and then at the end saying like okay you don't have to see it now wow i think there's an element to that where Mm -hmm. speaking of like the world building and story building it's like don't worry about sitting through the hour and a half of the movie Here's what they did to maybe get us excited for a later project. And that is going to hurt the box office, plain and simple. Like when when people know when spoilers are running amok, especially with younger kids, lower attention spans. I mean, that's perfect for them. 30 seconds. Boom. I know what I need to know. Move on. You know, I'll be there for Avengers one day. I'll be there for Spider-Man for one day. Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3 is going to go crazy. Oh, yeah. There's also an element of who's in the movie. Who are the stars in the film? Like we saw as a Barbie and Oppenheimer, massive casts, and they, it right. became this whole sensation, and that was cool to go do. That was cool to go see. There's even a there's an uptrend in
1: Hunger Games, surprisingly yes. enough. Yes, that's just exciting. I, I'm I'm very happy to to hear that that movie because listen, we all thought there was a good chance that movie would be a low rent disaster. You know, it looks like it was lighting. shot in a warehouse. Yep. Yeah. That was that was part of the take on it. And then maybe Lionsgate was just rushing it out just to not lose rights to the IP. But the word on that has been getting better. And that listen, I do think people are starved for a blockbuster, you know, because, again, Taylor Swift is a concert film made a lot of money, but it doesn't really scratch the itch of a real theatrical movie and Five Nights at Freddy's happy that was a giant hit it's it's the video game generation but i think for a lot of people that still didn't scratch the itch of being a great big blockbuster movie even though it made a lot of money so the marbles had a chance to fill that it's obviously doesn't seem like that's going to be so it could be the new hunger games movie could come along in a week and really just fill that role of people need a big blockbuster movie to go see. So that'll be interesting. That's absolutely Uh, my call. And we'll, we'll get to it when we, you know, when we get
0: to the preview for that, but that is my call is that people are waiting for that. That is what people are waiting for. The, you mentioning, uh, David, that the fact that a movie can be spoiled by just a stinger, right? So when expendables three bombed, you know, Stallone, he said it's because it got leaked and people could watch the whole movie. Uh, Wolverine Origins famously got leaked. That guy's in the clink, probably still for doing that. That was—is
1: this, f- this TikToker going to be thrown in the clink for just saying the spoiler? And you know, he didn't leak the whole movie like the guy who who leaked the Wolverine movie. But is there any legal charges that this TikToker could face for for talking about the spoiler of the movie? I'm surprised he did that because wow. I'm I would think that
2: there'd be, I mean, at least the posts get taken down. Like, why are you, I mean, this is days ahead of its, days ahead of the opening, yep. and he's just blatantly saying a giant spoiler at the end. So I, it was surprising to me, but it's scary enough. It's it's the world we live in right now. And yep. I, I mean, but, I don't
0: think- but you the, But there's nothing you could say about Five Nights at Freddy's that would have kept people away. Right Right. There's nothing you could have said about Barbie. You could have spoiled the last line in Barbie and it wouldn't have lost a single penny of business right now. This is going to lose business because Marvel (laughs) fucked up and they started making, you know, that used to be the parsley on the steak is these things, the stingers and the little Easter eggs. And now it's the whole steak and people Mm. can't make a meal out of parsley. And that is the problem. And so that is why, I mean, we got to, do we want to talk? Okay. Let's not take, let's not say numbers yet because there are, there there is another movie
1: opening. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that. I mean, I I think, I think a, a big difference between the Marvels and their stingers and the reasons that people went to five nights at Freddy's, you know, we talked about it with five nights at Freddy's, there were all these Easter eggs. There were these cameos, you know, people went crazy. When the YouTuber Matt Pat came on screen in Five Nights at Freddy's. But that's not the type of thing that just by spoiling it ahead of time would have kept the audience from going. The difference is they wanted to be in that theater together to cheer when Matt Pat made his cameo in Five Nights at Freddy's. And I don't think there's anything right now in the MCU where young people are excited to go and cheer because this is going to happen. Because spoilers should only help, in, in honesty. Because if there's a thing that people want to be in the theater for together, they'll go. And I think the problem isn't the spoilers, it's the problem that the spoilers don't really mean anything to people. You know, the knowing of it maybe is interesting, but unlike Five Nights at Freddy's, right now the Marvel fans aren't saying... I want to be there together to see that they're happy well, I think, to just see it on their phone and move on. Yeah. The Whereas problem like is the knowing that spoiler wasn't going to be some people would just see on their phone and move on. The problem is knowing is enough. Yes. Seeing doesn't matter. And yes. that's not how movies work. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, do we, do we want to move on to, well, I do want to throw something else out there before we move on to the other movie, you know, because we're talking about these video game movies and huge news drop this week. And I know you're itching to talk about this, David. Yeah. Legend of Zelda is going to be a big budget theatrical movie through Sony co-produced by Nintendo. So the same way they did with the Super Mario Brothers and Universal, Nintendo's going to have a big hand in producing this movie. And... You know, obviously there's tons of big video game IP that's been created in the last 10, 20 years that I'm not privy to. I didn't see Five Nights at Freddy's coming, but Legend of Zelda is to a, to my generation, you know, Gen Xers. Millennials. And then to the generation since then, because this game has stuck around and kept, you know, like Mario, there's always new sequels year after year. This feels yeah. like about as big of a video game adaptation as you could get. You know, it's in there with Sonic, Super Mario Brothers, you know, that that oh, level. Yeah. So, David, could you talk about just how earth-shattering this news is that Legend of Zelda is going to be a big screen movie?
2: Well, I have a few notes that I that stood out to me. One, it's live action. Mm-hmm. It's with Sony, but it's in a similar, like you mentioned, it's a similar collaboration like Nintendo had with Illumination and Universal, which I think is yep. really cool. I like the idea that maybe Universal had a pitch and they didn't like it so much, and they went to yes. Avi Arad over at Sony, and he's like, "Hey, I've got. I, I'm all for it. I love the idea of live action. You know, maybe Universal wanted to stick the whole animated Illumination, yep. G-rated, Super Kid friendly. I mean, yep. I love the Mario movie because I'm a giant Mario fan, but like, you know, <laughs> the the plot is paper thin. It's a kids' movie." Right. But it made me feel like a kid. right? Zelda is going to be a whole different level. It, it, so they have Wes Ball, I believe his name, is uh, the director of the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes film, directing this one. And okay. that gets me excited. Because if you look at that first trailer for the new Apes film, it looks stunning. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a big part of creating a Zelda movie. It needs to look really good. I mean, ideally, it needs to look great. CGI can't be shitty, and there's going to be plenty of CGI in it. The cast is going to be huge. You know,
1: everyone immediately is like, please not Tom Holland. Please not Tom Holland. So is it not – is that actually – people are saying not Tom Holland. Interesting, because I would think that he's such a natural fit. You know, Sony did Uncharted, and whatever you think of that movie, that was a, a very big hit. So, but but okay, you're saying that the the video game fans are are worried if they cast Tom Holland as. I, I
0: like, mean, but I think that Pat, when you think about that, that's sort of like, oh, oh what if you know, oh, Tom Holland should be Spider Man and Captain America, and he should be the Flash. Like, you have to have different actors playing these iconic video game characters
2: well it's becoming it's like the chris pratt thing you know chris pratt is suddenly everything um so no i don't think people want tom holland i honestly honestly it wouldn't stun me (laughs) if they ask i do think based on nintendo with mario i know it's voice acting they went for stars they went for star power yeah they're going to do the same thing because they want to ensure a hit and nintendo is notoriously patient take their time Do things the right way, focus on quality, not quantity. And that's always been a massive success for them throughout their entire time in the video game industry. Zelda, I think, will not reach the heights of, say, a Mario Bros. in the international box office and just, you know, those crazy global numbers, but it could be a massive success. I mean, if we're just looking at video game adaptations, my expectation is that it will be the second highest grossing video game movie of all time i I, I think so confidently because there's gonna zelda while it's not on the same level as mario and it's actually hitting i would say a slightly different um demographic there is still that whole the exact same thing as mario if it is a quality film that looks awesome it's generations right these games have been passed on from generations and generations it's cool with the Five Nights Freddy's thing where these are all very recent fans, you know, in the last 10 years, and they're all just super passionate and wanted to go have fun in the theater. But something like a Zelda, I mean, that's so many, I mean, sons and fathers and daughters and mothers, all these, like, they, it's going to be one of those events. I imagine it'll be PG-13, and if it look, I mean, that first trailer could just go crazy, you know, like yeah. people that are, it, it is Zelda especially you know the more recent games they are somewhat cinematic you know they're mm-hmm. lovely they look beautiful and there is so much story to tell there it's cool to think about what Nintendo's doing because they have the IP to keep this going for a long time if they want to yeah i think they will continue to make illumination mario movies and spin-offs and those will all be big hits and they could do the same thing with sony and zelda and whatever else they want to do because they own so much, but I'm glad they're taking their time and I'm glad they are going with a different studio because that shows me they're putting real thought into this. Yes. yes, And I think
0: live action is a good choice for this because of what it could be a more, like you said, PG 13 sort of take on a character than Mario, which is going to be for the kids, but also for fans of all ages. I mean, the thing with Zelda, and we, we were talking about the cooler earlier, I I, I agree with you, David, not going to be as big as Mario just because Mario is like, everybody knows Mario, but I remember as a little kid going over to my friend Jimmy Stevenson's house and playing Man, Zelda girl. on just old school Nintendo, and li- that iconic music, and just hanging out, getting Fed cookies by his mom. She made the best cookies. We would sit there and we would milk and cookies. What's more American? Right, right. And this and what I'll tell you is that that was the 80s. Now, fast forward 2023 this year. I'm at my other job. Okay, because I listen. I'm in the mines. I'm down there getting covered in soot. Mm -hmm. And what are the young people talking about? just this year a new zelda video game came out and they were staying up late wow to download it and play it they were coordinating their days off to play a zelda game wow the, and that is the generational span and then yeah, there's yep. people older than me older, that are there are people be excited, older than yes yeah. about zelda so yes this is going to be a huge smash if it's done well. And Sony knows how to keep things under budget and Nintendo knows its audience.
1: Yep. And and I do think, I mean, I think we all agree that our gun to our head, this isn't going to be bigger than Mario, but I do see a scenario where this is, you know, and, and call me crazy. This legend of Zelda IP, if done right, the ceiling is Lord of the Rings. You know that this is that that is what this IP is for several generations now. This is big fantasy IP, and if they nail this correctly, this could be that level of movie. You know, a movie that gets shockingly high critical reviews and does a billion dollars. You know, maybe not with the most kid uh, uh, level audience, but could be that type of just giant, you know, put it out in December and it is like the biggest movie of the year. I think that is the ceiling on this movie. And it goes to show back to the superhero thing, the 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 next 10 years of films, the big IP is video games more so than it is comic books. You know, Batman's mm-hmm. always gonna be giant, Spider-Man is going to be giant, you know, we'll see what happens with X-Men and those movies, but I think Mario, Legend of Zelda, you know, Sonic, Metroid, whatever these movies, the the games that I I don't know about from the last 10, 20 years, those feel like bigger IP than the Fantastic Four and whatever Marvel's going to, you know, wheel out the next five, 10 years.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a competition, I think. And it'll depend, like you were mentioning, like the the bigger names. And I think Marvel's going to rein it in and they're going to focus more on those big names. And that's going to yeah. be important, you know, really, because they, I think over the last three years, it's been shown that you go more down that list of names and characters, and it's not always the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, yeah. You don't always have James Gunn creating an iconic team and casting a perfect set of characters. The Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I think in a way screwed marvel in this decade because Mm -hmm. they thought you know what we did it with guardians they were they were a group of you know characters no one had ever heard about so here come the eternals here comes shang chi and shang chi was good and people like shang chi here comes the marvels here comes whatever the hell else thunderbolts next year you know we'll see um Is that movie filmed or not? No, no, that movie has not begun production yet.
1: Okay. What are you, what is your gut feeling today? Is Thunderbolts ever actually going to come out in theaters or do they shit can it? Because I I thought it was in production. Then I I heard rumors that they may just can the whole thing. What do you think?
2: It's crazy because if you asked me literally maybe a month or two ago, I'd be like, oh, they're definitely going to make it. You know, It's, it's got a big cast. It, it's, it should be a pretty cool story within the MCU. I don't know. I think it's up in the air because I think they're currently, Iger, Feige, they are rethinking the future. And they are rethinking all of these plans they had because they need to be smarter with their money. They can't right, just right. throw half a billion dollars to fix it in post on every damn project they do. right? So especially when you're pumping out all these Disney Plus series that don't make you any immediate money back and you're just trying to generate viewership and gain subscribers and all of this. So, and those are even typically even more obscure because it's on television. So right now I could see where it gets canned. I don't think, I think they will make it because there are, I mean, there is a set script. There is set, there are set filming plans they they would have already been filming by now um mm-hmm. if it weren't for the strike but they could audible i do think honestly i think florence pew is the main reason that movie gets made because mm-hmm. they know they have her under contract
1: for that one right 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 a- and you know with her there is probably a limit of listen if you don't make it by this date I've got 10 other movies that I have to do. So uh, you know, I'm I'm sure the contract is pretty rough, but you know, you gotta eventually make the movie or you lose her. Uh, yeah. it's 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 interesting. One thing going back to the video games and you talking about how this Legend Zelda movie is going to Sony and of course Super Mario Brothers with Universal. I mean, it is with with Nintendo and all of this video game IP. Disney hasn't gotten a taste of that yet, you know, and Warner brothers, which owns DC, they haven't gotten a taste of that yet. So this could be the other studios chance to maybe not level the playing field with Disney, but to at least, you know, Disney's with Marvel has been dominant the last 10 years. This could be universal and Sony's chance to make a bunch of movies in partnership with Nintendo. Yeah. And, and, and beat, disney you know in the year-end box office because of that
2: and what's crazy about sony i think they're in a great spot they don't have which is crazy it's honestly kind of crazy to say because sony has been a tortured studio for the last Mm -hmm. 15 (laughs) years Mm -hmm. um in terms of like them i would say not investing in the right places focusing too much on stars and you know all these things but they've learned from that and now they're looking at a, at a place from IP and licensing. That's really good. So they still have Spider-Man, yeah. all these, you know, Venom and Craven and all these terrible movies. Like they, they make money and they, they, as we mentioned earlier, don't necessarily go over budget. Like all these Disney, uh, you know, Disney and Marvel things do they it's Sony, they have PlayStation. That's what's, that is really crazy of how they're working with. I know it's Sony pictures. It's different. It is kind of crazy that Sony is making a Nintendo movie <laughs> like that's right, kind of a, right. a wacky thing, but it's the world we live in. And obviously it's different you know, studios and parts of the company, but Sony Pictures as well made Uncharted will probably do a sequel. They, they probably want to do a sequel. That was a successful yep. film and have a bunch of other interesting PlayStation exclu- exclusive Sony exclusive IP they could also dive into. So Sony's and I like how they don't have a, a streaming service. Really, yeah, right? they just have deals. They're just making deals. They and they're making cash, they're making money on these things like that. Yep. That yes. pay one deal they have right now of Netflix is awesome. You know, no hard feelings. It's killing it on Netflix. Yeah, it did. And it did fine. You know, in theaters, it did okay. I liked the movie. I thought it was pretty funny. But now that is like a perfect Netflix movie. And there's been rinse repeat. Be, uh, the new Spider-Man across Spider-Verse now on Netflix and. That's only bringing them more attention because Netflix at the end of the day is still rising to the top of all the streaming services in terms of popularity and what people actually go on. So I like the the position Sony is in if they continue to churn out these Spider-Man films, these different licensing deals, and now new partnerships with Nintendo and then can make their own Uncharted sequels and other video game films.
0: Yeah, I I I love that Dave. I totally agree. And I was just gonna call that out is that they have the benefit of having weathered the whole streamo war. They weren't focused on streaming, they were focused on theatrical because mm-hmm. they don't have a streamer. Crackle is now owned by Chicken Soup for the Soul, so they don't mm-hmm. have a streamer anymore. Mm-hmm. And the licensing deals are making them cash without them having to do a goddamn thing. It's brilliant.
2: Good the deals. Yeah, y- yeah.
0: It's brilliant, and the product is is getting even more exciting. And I mean, imagine—I mean—the deal they make for the Zelda movie down the road to go on Netflix. Yep. I mean they're just going to be making money hand over fist because so, I mean, ba- Sony is yeah. in a great spot.
2: I agree, and I think it's crazy how Universal. I have no idea the behind the scenes. If I'm Universal, I am fighting for that film because that's a big Peacock streamer. You know, like they got Mario on Peacock. That's a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. Mario movie on Peacock streaming, no added fee. That's a great thing. And now you lose that with Zelda. Obviously, Universal is going to be busy. They do have, it's like in a similar vein. They have the live action, how to train your dragon movie coming up. And maybe that was part of the confliction. I don't know the timetable on the Zelda movie, but my guess is, look, it was announced. They have a director in place.
1: We could get this by 2026, 2027, possibly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I I I think Nintendo's doing the right thing in that they are, listen, Nintendo's in a different position than Marvel because Marvel years ago was at a size where eventually they were going to sell to somebody. They sold to Disney. Nin, that's ever happened with Nintendo. Nintendo's not being bought by a studio. Nintendo is bigger than a movie studio. You know, if anything, they buy Warner Brothers Discovery someday if they feel like it. So Nintendo is in a position where they could go make movies at different studios based on what they think that property needs. So unlike Marvel, which every movie starts to have the same feel because they all have to, in the end, be a Disney movie, and we'll see what happens with Deadpool 3, Nintendo is able to make a cartoon Mario Brothers with Illumination. They're able to make what will probably be more of an adult-oriented movie uh a fantasy film with legend of zelda and maybe they'll make a like balls to the wall like gnarly action movie uh with metroid someday you know uh, with with who knows so it's 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 very interesting to see how the video game genre is is going to be the 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 genre of choice over these next 5 years or so
2: yeah and i mean um, on streaming, Last of Us, that I think that changed the game for many uh-huh. people in terms of the outlook of these things. The Last of Us is such an incredible series. It, they're great games. And I think that made studio heads take these things seriously and realize, wait, there's great stories on here. And there's huge yeah. fan bases. built. They've built-in fan bases. And there is a level of if you honor the original ip the original story they're all gonna sing its praises and you can just and just just hire a great you know a great cast and and run with it i think it's a it's a winning formula so it's it's so funny you say that
0: because one of the young men i was talking to about video game ips being the new go-to mm-hmm. said the same exact thing you said the last of us was the turning point. That is it showed what video games were doing cinematically storytelling wise that could be easily adapted. Now you're going to see a lot of the TV shows, but you can also do the movies as well.
1: So another big piece of video game news that I'm seeing everywhere is grand theft auto. They're going to be having a trailer for grand theft auto six new game coming out. The trailer is dropping in December. People are excited about the trailer. I mean, to me someday that, is another giant movie just waiting to happen. And, you know, we've talked about him a lot since Killers of the Flower Moon. We talk a lot of Scorsese on this show. And every movie of his could be his last, you know, God forbid, We're hope he does 30 more years worth of movies, but you never know. That's the type of movie that, you know, these game video games could go in a lot of different directions. You get Martin Scorsese, Directing a Grand Theft Auto movie adaptation, his final film grosses a billion dollars. He's able to give the middle finger to superheroes because he's on the side of video games. I mean, that is a a box office theatrical story that I think would be just fantastic. Scorsese someday directing a Grand Theft Audio Auto video game adaptation as his final film, grossing a billion dollars. Yeah, I mean. Hell, give him Fortnite one day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's that's the big one. Fortnite, that's a big one. So I mean, <laughs> Marty's he's always looking to how to stick it to Marvel. So I think there's no bigger way than directing a Fortnite movie, directing a Grand Theft Auto movie, and saying, "I love video games. Video games are the future of cinema." That would I would love that. Scorsese
0: to be directing Fortnite dances on set just having to direct that choreography mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. take yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So another genre of movie that is tried and true is, of course, church bus mu- movies, religious movies. So we've got Journey to Bethlehem opening this weekend. So I throw it out. Obviously, David, you're our comic book correspondent. Do you yeah. know anything about this Journey to Bethlehem movie? I see Antonio Banderas is in this film.
2: It, so that's... I-
1: he I don't think Harry. it's Harry. He plays English King Harry. speaking.
2: I, I think it might be in Spanish. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think I think I I thought I saw that though. I'm not sure if it was like uh let's see. I'm seeing it is
0: a musical. It's a
1: biblical musical, faith based biblical music. I thought it was an international
2: I... film. I could be cr- crazy.
1: I think it's I think it's in English. I think okay. it's you, in English. It's directed by a Glee director, so that feels that huh. feels uh, English to me. Um, though, of course, I'm sure there were Glee adaptations all over the world. But I think he he's a director of, of the Fox uh, version of Glee. I think um, um,
0: you're thinking of that the movie uh, that Eugenio Derbez was in. I think that's what you're thinking of. David is okay. the one that came out last weekend.
2: Oh, oh, that was
0: foreign language. Okay, okay. So this is a radical. Radical was, I think, the movie you might be thinking
1: of. Oh, right on. No, no. This is a this is a new film coming out this weekend. Religious musical journey to Bethlehem. So Clayton, you're you're our chief church bus correspondent on the show, and and a co-host, but you're also a correspondent. Um. What what is your are you hearing anything from your co-workers in the soot mines or are youngsters excited about journey to Bethlehem? I, I'm not no. feeling that this one is gonna be a sound of freedom type situation.
0: No, I mean, speaking of this is Sony Affirm Films, which is uh you know, Sony is putting this out with Affirm Films, it mm-hmm. is opening only semi-wide, so it's not gonna be a, a huge opening, looks like around 2,000 theaters. This is not going. This is this is trailing uh, after Death and his only son. So uh, after Death made five million in its first weekend, so this thing's looking like it's going to do somewhere between three to five, uh, anywhere in between that. I, I don't think this is really going to be a huge, huge movie. So I, yeah, I don't think we're going to have to worry about this in. Well, probably it'll make top five, but I, I don't think it's going to be a barn burner. It's not going to be the next, you know, uh, 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 sound of freedom in any way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the chosen. It's not going to be
1: the chosen season three or anything like that. Um, Yeah, I I, I haven't heard much about this, but. It it just seems in some ways for a religious film, it seems a little cheesier compared to something like The Chosen, which which feels just so much more current or at least feels like so much more dialed in as an IP to the to the yes. church bus audience. Like this, th- this feels, feels like a cash grab.
0: Yeah, this feels like the sort of religious films that they were doing. 10 to 15 years ago, yes. that didn't really cross over to mainstream
1: yes. the way
0: something like The Chosen has. I mean, this does, yeah, this feels old to me. So I, I don't see this getting, I mean, there will be church buses, of course. There always will be, but I don't think it's going to be en masse.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw out, one, before we get to our predictions, one more possible factor this weekend. Do you think that? This weekend, there's a David Fincher film released on Netflix. It's been in theaters, to, you know, to a very small degree for a week. The killer. Yep. Uh, So that is a David Fincher film about a serial killer. It's going to be on Netflix this Friday. Any effect on the box office there? Do we think that, you know, that's a movie that a, David Fincher has made. Big box office hits, Gone Girl, Social Network, Seven. You know, these are giant hits. Fight Club was a hit. Benjamin Button was a hit. So he is a big name director. Will people stay at home to watch this movie this weekend? And if so, does that take away audience from the Marvels or anything else coming out this weekend? Or do you think it's a non-factor and it's Netflix slop? And even if it's good, people will watch it when they get to it.
2: Yeah, I, I saw it last week in theaters. I loved it. Um, wow, but that was me going on my way to see it in a theater and, and finding mm-hmm. a theater near me. And I, I it was great in theaters. And it's so frustrating that it's only coming or you know that it's mainly coming to Netflix. But no, to answer your question, I don't think so. Uh, when it's on, when something's streaming on Netflix, like you just said, you watch it on your own time. There's no real pressing, you know, effect to watch the killer. I would say. If you were uber excited about it, like I was, you you find the theater to go check it out in, and you watch in a theater, like like it's meant to be watched, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, and it was great. That was what's so upsetting. It's like it was great in a theater. There was cool sound editing and like the the shooting and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is a Netflix movie. Like, what the hell's going on here? Um, but no, I don't think it's gonna have an effect. The people who, like
0: you said, wanted to see the movie saw it in the theater. Everybody else is gonna download it on their phone. And hell, if the Marvels gets boring, they'll watch it on their phone during the Marvels yeah, wow, or right. they'll go to the shitter and they'll watch yeah. it on the shitter because that's what you can do with a Netflix movie. And you could also watch an episode of, you know, uh, f- you know, whatever else. What's the what's ranch. Like a show that's on Netflix? Selling, Selling something, whatever's on Netflix. You could also Selling watch sunset. that. There, it's all. Yeah, it's all sh- sloppy. I'm sure it, it looks great. I'm very excited about it. Um, but I just think it's not, it's not going to take a dollar from the box office this weekend, not a dollar.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, for whatever people say about killers of flower moon underperforming this or that you look at something like the killer and if Netflix put it out in 3000 theaters and, and then gave it two, three months to, to run, who knows that's a movie again, Fincher has made hits. It's a movie that could have ended up making its 70, 80, $90 million at the box office before it dropped on Netflix, but they don't do that. So let's get to our top five predictions. So David, as the guest, you get to pick. Would you like to predict first, second or third? Oh, I always like to lead off. Here we go. Um, oh,
0: he's so bold. i love that about you.
1: David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I always go first. Um, All right, I will kick off. Number one is going to be the Marvels. Woo! I am setting it at $62 million. I think it's going to hit 62. I think the box office pro projection currently or tracking of 42 is crazy to me. Now, maybe they're right, and maybe I'm wrong. But I'm in the space. I follow these things, you know, like even just like social media. Like, Mm -hmm. fans are excited. And I think I think the almost like underdog effect of the Marvels is going to help it this weekend, mm-hmm. where now s- suddenly it's like, oh, my gosh, like no one wants to see this. Like, I really do want to see it. So the fans will be out. and It'll reach at least 62 million to me. Obviously, you know, it could really tank. But here we are. Number two, man, this is tough for me. I'm going to go Taylor Swift. I, I like Swift at two, um, five man of Freddy's. Everyone saw it by now. It's, it's on Peacock. I don't really think it's going to maintain. I, I actually saw it. Uh, I'm not even a fan of the, I'm not really a fan of the, um, game, but I saw it and it was pretty funny. I mean, the, the horror was fine, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, thought it was good. I think the Swifties are still out. She's back on tour this weekend. I think that could maybe be a play where it's like, oh, I'm kind of jealous. Like she's in Argentina playing live. Like I'm going to go check it out in theaters. Um, I don't know because girl people get it. I say girls people get influenced people. Uh, by live videos people. online um, because every night when she's performing, if you go on Instagram live or TikTok live, someone at the concert is always playing like, you know, uh, recording it live. And I think that could play into people being like, you know what? Shit. I want to go see it in the movie theater. So I have it at number
1: two. Uh, do we give predictions besides number one? You can 21? if you want. Yeah, yeah go for, for it. it. If you got a number, drop a number on us.
2: Eight point five million, <laughs> that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that'll be that. That'll be you know, it's still a pretty significant drop. But then again, it's been out for weeks now, and it'll be pretty good. Yeah. Then we go five Matt at Freddy's around. I'd say like seven million dollars. Um, it, it's still gonna keep that audience there so that's the top three working on four and five quickly. I think, I think the, the Bethlehem movie is going to stay out of the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like looked that up quickly when we were just talking and I don't see people going to see that. Maybe, maybe the church audience, but I, I don't know about that one. Killers of the flower moon, I think it's going to be at number four. I could see that, you know, keeping up a little bit, not having a very steep drop. Uh, I'll put that at about like 4.5 ish million. Um, and then last, a movie I kind of liked, um, Priscilla. I'll uh, have rounding out the fifth, but it won't make that much. It'll be around uh geez, 3.5 million. Let's let's mm-hmm. roll with that. Um, but Priscilla, not exactly the hit that Elvis was, um, but it's still you know a pretty fine movie for its 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 release. So yeah, that's my
1: top five. That's a great top five. I mean, I I'll go next here, Clayton. I I agree, obviously. Number one is going to be the Marvels. And I think it's going to finish a little higher than what The Flash did early this summer. I'm going 56 on the Marvels. I I do agree. It's almost got this underdog thing to it and that whole it's not as bad as we thought type of uh, thing going for it. And I just think people need a big yep. movie to go see. And the awareness of a Marvel movie has a floor at this point of like 50 million. So I'm going to go 56. It, go, it gets right over what the flash did in June. Uh, number two. Yeah. That five nights at Freddy's it made 19 million last week. So if it drops another 60-70%, then we're looking at a movie that makes like 8 or 9. And I think yeah, I think number 2 is going to be Taylor Swift. That movie could make another 10 million dollars. And and Clayton, we had a big disagreement on the last our episode. Our biggest
0: our biggest disagreement.
1: Our, I would say I disagree that that was our biggest disagreement, but it was a big disagreement. You know, you were saying that most of the audience for Taylor Swift is still repeat business. I thought new people were finding it. And I'm going to go to, we got some comments on our YouTube channel. Uh, one user said, I completely agree with Clayton. This is repeat viewing. No one cares about concert movies. Taylor Swift fans barely go to the theater. This is their event. They see it, uh, likely seen a theater multiple times. And then someone else commented, my wife took my three kids on Sunday. It was their second time, except my 13-year-old, it was her third time. So boots <laughs> on the ground reporting that. People are seeing this Taylor Swift movie over and over again. So I think that comes in number two, makes maybe around nine or 10 million. Five nights at Freddy's is gonna drop all the way maybe to like seven or eight. And yeah, I guess I've got the same top five because this is the big weekend for Killers of the Flower Moon. It had a good hold last weekend, only dropped 26%. This needs to start having like 15% holds in order for it to really make us think, oh, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, listen, it's not going to make its $200 million budget back. But I think if this movie somehow holds its way into making 70 or 80 million domestic, that's a success. But I think this weekend is key. It has to hold and only drop like 15%. So I've got that four. And then I agree, Priscilla five. Priscilla, you know, these, these uh Sofia Coppola movies have had pretty good holds in the past. So I think that it's going to hold pretty well and stay number five. So Clayton, wow, let's hear no your faith. top five. Neither of you have any faith. And Pat, Me? no, no shout out to the holdovers,
0: which is going mini wide with 900 theaters. You don't think that's going to pop its way into the top five?
1: I mean, 900 is still pretty low theater count. Um, and I, I've seen that film. I loved it. I think that especially now that you the sag strike is over and you could get Giamatti out there on the chat shows and you could get him eating the wings and he could promote this movie. I do think The Holdovers has a chance to be a big Thanksgiving through Christmas and then award season uh, sleeper success. But I don't think it's necessarily going to do much in 900 theaters this weekend. I think that's still a slower burn. Yeah, pig virus has to eat the wings. Yes, yes.
0: Okay, so uh, the reason I wanted to go last is because I'm going to do it. I mean, do you guys want to get nuts?
1: Yeah, let's get nuts.
0: Because let's, let's get, get nuts. nuts. Okay. Marvels, I think Slam Doink number one. We're all agreeing this. There's yep. no way nothing. It doesn't go number one. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to say this pulls a Morbius. 39 million dollar opening
1: oh wow i'm gonna do it why not wow wow
2: oh man that that is the nail in the coffin if that happens 39 i mean listen
0: it happened to pixar it happened to disney animation I feel the same thing about this movie. It just does not have anything to attract anyone. Um. So thirty nine. It pulls a Morbius. Number two. I also say Taylor Swift because again, Swifties for all the reasons you guys mentioned, all the reasons you mentioned. It's it's it held stronger than we expected. And yeah, there's going to be some envy. People are getting to see this live. I'm going to go back for my fourth time to see it in the theater. Number three, I agree. Five nights at Freddy's, even though it's going to have another big drop it, it, you know, there's still going to be youngsters who want to go see this. Here's where I disagree with everybody. Mm -hmm. I think journey to Bethlehem Mm. as much as I think this doesn't have any buzz and it is, looks kind of old fashioned, you know, there's the church buses, the church buses are going to pull up to the theater and make this a $5 million film under that Killers of the Flower Moon. And then Priscilla. Priscilla is going to be number five. Priscilla, number six, then.
1: Killers what? five, Priscilla six.
0: Killers, you're right. Of Bethlehem Killers Bethlehem five. four. Yeah.
1: You're right. Um, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. So, Clayton, ye of lots of faith, he thinks Journey mm-hmm. to Bethlehem. And listen, the, my priorities movies- are in the right place. Yeah, it's certain, certain God. That's that's where that's what Clayton cares about. And box office. And when they all and come Zelda. together, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um very uh la- last thing, just quickly back on Marvels, I want to ask you, David, um, because we got an email from our friend and former and future guest Danny of ice Cream, you scream 4, number four number movies. Four. That people on his show, people talking to him, have been asking about how Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, was shown in the trailer and hyped up. Do you think she has any any play on the box office? That's what Danny wants to know. Tessa Thompson, does she mean anything for this weekend's box office? Or is that just a desperate attempt that people don't care about?
2: Probably not. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's another example of the whole... TikTok spoiler video thing that we discussed earlier where it's like oh she's in it okay moving right along i don't moving i don't think that on. was smart for them to show maybe a, more of a tease like they had done previously like just showing the, the bifrost shooting in but now knowing that she is in the film no i do not think that helps right she's she's not at the level of Matt Pat, for example no <laughs> yeah i guess not i guess not
1: how now, it's amazing how the audiences shift and how IP changes within a year we're now Valkyrie is not as big of an IP as MatPat. Very. I know
0: now, now, now David before, cause you know, we were talking about Danny and, 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 you know, Gran Turismo. I don't know if you listened to our last episode cause you're a busy man. So, they Sony re-released Gran Turismo into theaters, and a lot of it had to do with Danny coming on our show and cutting the shit and saying it was a movie that got screwed by the uh, strike, and it's a great film. So he has the ear of Sony because we know the, the, they listen, right? Sony listens, Disney listens, Marvel listens. So just really quick, yeah. would you like to cut the shit on anything about Marvel? You're a huge fan of the MCU. Devoted fan, if you could cut the shit on anything, direct line to Disney Marvel, what would you say to them?
2: If if anyone knows me, listens to the direct pod listening right now, it's the fact that they need to rely on Spider-Man even more than they do right now. He is the biggest thing going. And he's my favorite character. But if you look at the animated movies, the new game... Which is amazing. The comics are selling well. He is still. you mentioned earlier, Clayton. Like the the the. Is it in or is it out? Spider Man's still in, and he's more in than ever. They have Miles Morales now. Like I think soon, and it's so. And that's what the issue. Is. The issue is still there with Sony. Right, Disney. Disney does not own Spider Man still, but they need to keep investing in these collaborative events bring in miles morales get tom holland back and do whatever they can because spider-man is still hot is still cool and it's still their best thing their best character in my opinion and they have to keep doubling down on him. and it's kind of maybe boring for some people but like it is what it is because all these stories on different mediums keep getting released and are all awesome and he really in many ways hasn't been hotter from a quality standpoint on all these different
1: levels. That is cutting the shit right there. It is what it is. Spider-Man is still cool. Disney pony up and get Spider-Man in these, in these MCU movies that that's, that's the one thing that could fix everything for them. Totally (laughs) great cutting the shit. And you could hear more of David and his big, Cutting the shit moments of his own on the <laughs> direct podcast on cinema spending. So is the, the new reboot of cinema spending? Did it did it already drop right now? Is it out yeah. there?
2: Yep. Uh the first episode back dropped today. Um, it is focusing on, of course, the Marvels. I gave the same $62 million projection and talking a little bit about Zelda. I had a guest on for that, Klein Felt, who hosts a controller. it's called Controller Club. It's a video game podcast. I work with him at TheDirect.com. And so he's a huge video game guy. So I got him on to talk about the
1: future of video game movies, similar to what we did today. Amazing. So find more of David's work on The Direct, The Direct Podcast, and on the rebooted Cinema Spending Podcast. Thank you. Um, Of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter X. We're on TikTok at the Bo. Boys Pod. Uh, wanna O senior intern Christopher killing it with the vertical clips on those accounts. So follow us at the BO Boys Pod. We're YouTubers. So you can get every episode. You can get clips, full episodes, and of course, web exclusives after the show. It's the after BO. So me and Clayton will be taping another web exclusive after BO for the YouTube channel. So of course, if you haven't already, subscribed there email us the bo boys podcast at gmail.com let us know if you're seeing the marvels if you've seen the marvels and of course let us know if you're someone who's seeing taylor swift the eras tour for the fifth sixth seventh eighth time we want to know the bo boys podcast at gmail.com give us five stars on apple Podcasts. give david and the direct podcast five stars on apple Podcasts. and guys i think we've done it i don't think there's anything left to say
0: No, I don't think there is anything left to say, except for until next time,
1: we'll we'll smell smell you at the the
2: bottom.